Welcome to the Grow Tribe. Hi, I'm Melissa McGowan, and I love that you're choosing growth. In this podcast, we shine a light on the diverse, messy, and real ways that you grow in leadership and life. We reflect, connect, and share what growth means to us. After two decades supporting growth in business, and of course my own, I firmly believe that where you go with your energy, time, focus, money, and precious resources, you actually grow. We're better together, so stay curious, stay awesome, join our tribe, and feel alive. Thanks so much for being here and being part of the Grow Tribe. It would be amazing if you shared this podcast with others at home, at work, gave it a rate and review in Apple Podcasts, and shared any ideas about what you want to hear more about or who you want to hear from. I love to hear your updates. If you're interested in learning about how to become a Chief Energy Officer, you're looking to fuel your impact in, and your performance, could be you, could be your team, have a look at the link in the show notes about where to start. And as always, drop me an email if you're looking for any support or you've got any insights that you want to share on growth. It's melissa, M-E-L-I-S-S-A, at go to grow.com.au. Thanks, everyone. Hey, Grow Tribe. I'm launching a 10-week group coaching program starting in October. It is specifically to help busy women who might be struggling with overwhelm, a lack of time, or patchy energy gain unstoppable mojo momentum. You'll powerfully upgrade your habits, mindsets, and resources with amazing like-hearted women to put you on top of your to-do list, achieve what really matters, and build confidence in work and life. I call that becoming the Chief Energy Officer of your life. Chief Energy Officer uniquely integrates growth as its mind, action as its energy, and connection as its heart. So it doesn't matter where you are on the mojo scale, now is the time to equip yourself to jive into 2022 with clarity, confidence, and connections. And you know what? We have some fun doing it. Now, there are limited spots, so go to the link in the show notes to jump on the wait list so you know when the doors open and you can secure a spot and the wait list bonus offer. Remember, Mojo is a quality that attracts people to you, makes you successful and full of energy. Who doesn't want that? So get your skates on. Now is the time for you and your team to gain true Mojo momentum. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode, Decluttering to Grow. Decluttering is the removal of unnecessary items from an untidy or crowded space. Lately, I feel so cluttered that I don't even know where to start. Hence why I and we are having this chat today with the gorgeous Susie White, organizer and declutter guru and coach who's been working in this space for over 10 years in her business, Susie White Organizing. Now, as you know, Go To Grow is a podcast to surface the narrative, stories, and superpowers of others. So we can actually support each other and inspire each other as we grow. We can learn some hacks, we can share some wins, and we realize that we actually have many common challenges. Well, today's topic hits right on a growth opportunity, I should say, for me, and I'm guessing I'm not alone. Luckily, Susie is empathetic and experienced, and heavily focused on working with us to support our growth in in our environment and beyond, of course, into goals and desires in our lives. So I felt safe enough, and I hope you do too, to open the door to my own clutter. 
Today, we'll discuss how decluttering supports our growth beyond the mess, the link between our environment and the choices we make, where we invest in our environment and how that flows through to other aspects of our life. Is it sustainable once the Murray Kondo, and I may say her name wrong a few times, frenzy wears off? I know from experience that where we have clarity, there's much greater likelihood for us to be able to focus and deliver results. So that's simplicity. It's very attractive, yet pretty elusive at times. And when we don't have simplicity in our life, it impacts our mojo, our productivity, our leadership, our parenting, and our impact in general. And simplicity is more than just taking an action to actually reduce or remove something. It's really underpinned by some ways of being and behaviors such as reflection and stepping back, getting focused, making decisions, taking some action, doing something differently and taking ownership. And that is what is biting for me today. I know I'm not alone in wanting ease and flow. Uh, and yet I do, I've got to say, avoid some of the work that I need to do to make this happen for me more sustainably. I know others actually, and I'm thinking of some friends at the moment who are very dedicated to setting up great systems and just decluttering their lives through really disciplined organisation in their homes. I tell myself that they probably don't have four kids like I do, but in reality, I know that I probably need this more than they do too. So, you know, it's just ironic that every week I spend considerable time and effort myself planning my week. I also do a separate meeting with my husband, which is our daggy marriage meeting, but really looking at kind of how we spend our time and energy to achieve the outcomes we want in our weeks and how we want to feel. So fantastic, right? But where am I leaking energy and efficiency when I consider my everyday workarounds and the hacks that I sort of band-aid together to overcome some of the persistent you know, clutter in, in my life. So of course, I thought about the skeletons in my closet, literally, and it's, it's also um, perfect that I'm actually speaking to you from my wardrobe today. I thought about when we were gearing up for our house move number eight since we had had kids, and we had to have a good laugh at ourselves when the removal guy said, where would you like me to put this box labelled has not been opened since the US, which was about five years earlier? Or as I look around my wardrobe here and see the 80% of clothes that I do not wear, the constant efforts to reduce the number of outfits and clothing for my twins and still struggling to find a way to empower them to manage their clothes. Uh, the papers and files that I spend way too long hunting for and actually lead me to just having great frustration all the time, which impacts my efficiency and my creativity. I mean, with four kids and a household of six, just the pure accumulation of stuff and then the purge and the refill cycle of failure. The great debates I've had with Stuart over the years about keeping books or not, talking about the differences in our upbringings. You know, one of our mums was a chucker and the other was a keeper. So there's a whole kind of gender piece around this relationship with mess as well. So I wasn't surprised to see then that the parallels between decluttering and growth are really super strong. Both involve diving into that mess, rolling up your sleeves and getting dirty to rise up and change, improving ourselves, our environment and our lives. It's actually much easier to just keep bouncing forward, go to the next thing, 
rather than stop and actually take stock of how we feel in our environment and if we're setting ourselves up for success. And I know that I'm pretty good at the go and I'm still working at getting better at the stop. So welcome all the growers out there. I dare you to resist the temptation to start tidying up as we chat today. And I just want to shout out some of our community um, growth wins and challenges in this last week. Someone spoke to me about recognizing that they had been feeling misaligned in their career for a while. And despite the timing not being great right now, to have a look at that, that, that it is now very clear and they are bravely taking a look. Someone else talked about the strong partnership they've had with their partner through sort of this COVID period and lockdown and just celebrating that through a stressful time, they had worked as a great team. Someone else was learning to give some direct feedback. I don't know if anyone's heard of the no triangles, but you know, sometimes feedback goes around in a triangle to someone else and that can, you know, avoiding giving that direct feedback can cause other problems. Uh, so actually leaning into the direct feedback was really now starting to work for them and for the other person, despite the discomfort. Someone else was just actually having tears of joy around this, the simple stuff in life. Connecting with just a couple of good friends recently that they hadn't seen for a while and, and realizing the contrast, like appreciating those moments of joy. Um, despite having busy weeks, someone else has lifted up their head from their family and their laptop and has just organized a new community partnership with some regular volunteering. So keep growing and love to hear about your challenges and wins. So as I mentioned, this is a deeply personal and actually surprisingly emotional topic. What I love is how it is really connected to different lifestyle, uh, lifestyles, yes, but also life changes and stages. I'm ready to dive in. I know that I've got an opportunity to growth. I feel the resistance. And I know from the depth of my experience in life and business that when we face our fears and actually work through them with support, it is absolutely the way to go. It's liberating, it's freeing, and we unlock our potential. I even faced my fear of the dentist, which was a big deal for me over the years. Many of us have heard of Murray Kondo. I may have said her name wrong again. And you might be interested to know that she actually had a nervous breakdown and fainted for about two hours. When she came to, she heard a voice telling her to look more closely at her cleaning process. She realized that she should not just focus on what she was throwing away, but what we should, she should keep. And he, hence came forward items that sparked joy. Well, I've had four children at home for three months and that was not sparking me joy. So I have decluttered and they are finally back at school. The long recovery process mentally, emotionally and physically begins the decluttering in my mind. Welcome Susie. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much. I'm very excited to be here. So it's, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to our chat. Excellent. Now I sent you one question only in advance and I'm going to start with that if you don't mind. When do you feel really alive? Uh, this is going to sound really cliched uh, and contrived, but I really love organizing things, my own things, and decluttering. <laughs> and it gives me such a, I just get such a thrill from it. Um, I'm not a big hobby person, not a big sport person. And just this morning, I went through all my tea strainers 
and I <laughs> I thought I had brought a new cup from T2 and it came with a strainer. I was like, this is, I don't, I'm, I don't need, I had about six and of all different types that you can try, ones that clip open and ones that you, that are sort of tubular. And I just, sometimes you can look at something again and again, you don't, you don't, and this is what happens with clients, they, you don't really see what's there anymore. And um, I got them all out and realized I, none of those work for me. So, um, but it, it gives, I, I just find a little, I don't know, I just get a real thrill from doing and putting it all back and going, that's gonna work. Things are gonna be so much faster. I can just find what I want. And I'm always thinking of the next little project in my house and I kind of look forward to, oh, I can't wait to do that draw. So it, it, I really love doing it. I feel really alive and it, I really use my brain when I'm trying to, make things all fit into certain ways, a bit like Tetris. <laughs> so, um, yeah, keep going. I'm always reinventing the, like re a little bit sort of trying better systems and trying to make things work better and faster and more efficiently. So I'm all, often, you'll just find me standing in front of a cupboard, just looking at it. <laughs> so trying to work out what could be another way to do that or what can I let go of? So, um, yeah, it's something that I, I really, really enjoy. It's just so tempting to sort of stop this discussion now and just ask you to come straight over to my house <laughs> so we can go and stand in my pantry for five hours. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think we need to do that at some point. <laughs> I think we do too. Just those <laughs> days in there. Um, you know, it's great because what I'm starting to hear as I have more discussions with people on this podcast is when people feel alive, and they're in their grow zone of kind of doing what they do really well. And it, adv it, adv it, uh, it adds value for them and for mm -hmm. others. And so this is an interesting, so you, you're kind of in, your, in that alignment and in that grow zone, which, which I love. So tell us, how did you get into that work? Because you've been doing it for quite a while. Yeah, I have been doing it. Um, I sort of got into it professionally around 2007 when I moved to Melbourne. and. I've I've had a long term interest. I've had a long term interest in sort of arranging things, and um, you know, even back when. I, well, my mum actually tells a story of when I was about three, and she would find me rearranging shop windows, <laughs> much to the owners. Kind of. <laughs> I was like, I think this would look better if these were here, and you know, I'd get she'd be trying something on, and I'd be in the front of the shop rearranging oh, the whole window, be causing havoc. Um, and but I I definitely found I was drawn more and more as the actual sort of it definitely um, the industry has become sort of stronger and actually become an industry. But I was really struggling with clutter and just general chaos mess and went through phases where things would work and then other times where I just couldn't find anything and I just really felt this is just such, such an uncomfortable way of living it's so distressing i feel overwhelmed how can i i want to uh, what's out there how can i make this different so for me i came from that like other people of you know other professional organizers have just always been super organized and they but that's what they their sort of background but for me i came from sort of this the mess and the chaos and i wanted to learn so i really um i started off going i went to a key uh, workshop and um, listen to 
a, a lovely lady called Marianne Benny. And uh, I did the workshop and just started putting into practice. It was, it's, it was about paper, it's called Paper Flow, which she designed. And I ended up approaching her and saying, um, I really love this. I'm, I'm moving to Melbourne. Can I, can I come and work for you? Can I? So I did training with her. And she trained me how to actually pre present those KKK workshops. And I used to go, I moved to Melbourne and then I used to fly back to Sydney and do them and go to all, all the different ones and, um, and then work for, with clients as well. And then after a year or so, I, I've moved in and out of this industry. I've had some other careers, other industries, but there I just thought, no, I'm going to, yeah, came back to it and sort of started my own, my own business in it. So um yeah well, i think that lived experience is is really helpful it's like like you mentioned you've been there yourself and you've experienced the inconsistent um approach and feelings that go with that which very much uh, is, is what i would say i experience and you are focused on helping people get some sustainability around this versus that inconsistency so it really sounds like you've definitely found your calling Tell me about some of the, I don't know, the, the, the key, I'll just call them pain points, but things that would lead people to doing some work in this area, making an investment in themselves or getting some support from someone like you. What's going on for them in their lives frequently? You know, yeah, um, often it can be due to a big change as in um, an, a new baby, another baby, um, a separation and uh, downsizing, um, moving into aged care or a parent, yeah, a parent has died and you've actually got to do the whole house. So often it can be, there's been a big change, like a, a new baby will bring just so much more, many items and clothing and things into a home. And if there isn't, a sort of system for those to sort of slot into um, it can just explode and uh, people tend to get overwhelmed fairly quickly um, other, I mean otherwise it could just be people getting to a kind of a breaking point or where they've just really they've tried and tried and tried to do it themselves and most people would hugely underestimate the amount of time that it takes like you're you are not going to organize your office in a weekend that is never going to happen. Um, and it can look, I mean, I can work solidly for five hours on a job and it, it we do a before and after photo and it kind of doesn't look, it's, it can be a bit disappointing. It doesn't look like, it's like, where, where did that time, where, where's that time gone into that? But it's just every, you know, you could have thousands of items crammed into an, into a space and you're going to touch every single one and possibly discuss every single item, possibly, possibly not. Maybe it's background, who owned it. It was my mother's. She's recently passed on. I don't know whether to keep it. Like People cry, people. So it's just each item has, can take time to work out. And then what are we going to do with it? Is it charity? Is it, does it need to be fixed? Does it need to be returned? If we're going to keep it, and then on top of that, we actually, that's the decluttering process mm. of what we're letting go of or Marie Kondo does focus on what we're keeping. And then there's the organizing, which is the other part yeah. of decluttering. So it's the new system um, and really talking to clients and saying, I'll say, if we put, is this going to work for you here? 
do you think you'll actually access this? And then we'll discuss how they live or maybe what changes they want to make of where we're going to, how we're going to implement a change so that it, and then we also talk about sort of ongoingly, how are we going to maintain it as well? So it doesn't just go back. So it's a, yeah, there's the declustering, but then there's also the, the organizing, which again, can, will, with where you're, the work you do, it's that mindset around and changing routines and building in, you know, habits and things. And it sounds like there's a, an element of, of letting go, which I imagine sometimes for people isn't what, well, they, they maybe don't realise how um, emotional or different the work that they end up doing with you is versus what they thought it might be, especially given some of those, you know, significant life changes that you called out and they mm. are very emotive. So it must be kind of a vulnerable time for people as well. Yeah, some some people do find it very yeah very triggering or, or and really painful and and other others don't necessarily feel as emotional but they get they can get into overwhelm very quickly so I'm sort of careful to um, find out what their priorities are as what do you want to use this time to work on and then really think about I've got to think about how much can we pull apart in and get the work done and get some completion. And so they're actually going to see a change and feel satisfied and have time to sort of pack it all away and leave it wrapped up. You can, I mean, you could have a perfect pantry, but the rest of the house is just sort of all the food that they threw out and everything, all the Tupperware that they don't want and everything everywhere. So I mean, I'll often offer to take the charity a bag, the whole bag with me. Um, I'll say I'm I'm happy to donate this, and I go straight from their house and straight via somewhere like Vinnie's and just drop it straight off because that helps me sleep at night. Because I yeah. know that people often just go, "Oh no, I never took it. I didn't ever get round to it." Yes, I'm like, "No, it has to leave." Well, it touches well, into that sustainability part of it. Yeah, as well, we'll put it, it in the boot now. If you're gonna, if it has to leave the house, it needs to go in a car. So let's load up, you know, your car now so that, you know, if you're, or if that thing is broken, it's not going to get fixed sitting on the kitchen bench. It needs to go in the car because if you're driving past or that dry cleaning, it's like, oh, I'm actually, yeah, I could drop that off now. Yeah. yeah. So that's the other parallel to like we're talking about here, growth is that we, it's the action, <laughs> it's the action part. Action but, part. Yeah. yeah help, help, um, help us maybe bring, bring this to life is maybe an example of a bit of a, as you said, like a pre post and, and an aha moment for someone. So we can, you know, get a few sneaky tips ourselves um, listening to this. There's some examples maybe. Um, I think, well, the other, yeah, the other day I was working with someone in their pantry and they also had been an editor of, of a magazine. So there were a lot of really old um, magazines in there, which unless you know the context, like for someone who's not been, it hadn't actually, you, you just don't know when you pick up a pile of magazines that that person hasn't actually produced those, uh, which is very different for someone who has had, been given subscriptions and has just never thrown them out. You can never assume really anything about 
anything you pick up, you could pick up an old stamp and then find out or something that looks like rubbish. And they'll say, oh, that actually, that was the last thing my grandfather gave me in a, or a paper clip. You just, you can't assume anything. Um, but it's sort of working, like she was working through, well, yeah, I've got all these magazines. And um, we talked about whether you can choose a cutoff date can be a really good way of deciding whether you're going to keep something say well yeah i'm going to keep everything from you know could say 2010 it could be 2018 whatever it is and then it's really easy you don't you don't need to go through them you just that's the date we've chosen or we'll pick an actual amount of space so say well i don't want to have any more than just that shelf so anything if it fits on that shelf it can stay whatever's left over i need to work out with that's the finite amount of space that I'm ever gonna want to donate to those magazines. Um, or the other way you can do, and this can apply to clothing, to anything, you can pick a number. You can say, I'm gonna keep 10. So let's, we're just focusing on the number. And um, I bet you have to hold them accountable to that. <laughs> yeah, yes. And you know, oh, it's like, well, if you're gonna keep 10 of something, um then down the track if it's something you're going to keep buying like are you going to keep buying same magazines it's going to be the one in one out so when you then come home with or another pair of shoes or another mug new mug or whatever it is you need to then think well i'm going to buy this but what am i going to be letting you're standing in the shop with it in your hand if you're not willing to let go of any of those other 10 magazines then this one is not um allowed to be brought back into your space that's really interesting like so they actually it can help people think about future purchase decisions or consumption yeah. based on how they've actually you know reorganized things at home yeah it's a huge huge it's behavioral it. yeah it's not bringing it all back in because you'll end up within a year or depending on people's sort of spending habits of um it'll all just be back and we have created um you know whatever the system is that we've created it is around and and the systems have to be flexible because more children come into houses and um people change industries so it needs to be able to change and yeah we're not talking we're... about houses looking like you know they're in a magazine you know sometimes i go to people's houses and i think does a child actually sleep in that bedroom like, they actually... just, yeah yeah are they allowed to make a mess clearly not my children um yeah I, ha I have been known to, to, to say to my daughter, oh, it's so messy. She's like, mum, I'm playing. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, that's, that's right. You can do that in your own bedroom. Um, so, yeah, I think for people, they really, they can have that moment of actually, I, this was me 20 years ago. This is, it does my whole house reflect who I was of all these things that I did and these places I traveled and jobs I had. If someone walked in here, what impression would they get of me? Is this me today? Does my yeah. home reflect who I am today or who I want to be? Um, that can, I think, be a really quite a big aha moment for people and to admit I'm never going to do that again or i'm never going to have that job again or i'm i'm not a runner anymore i've done my knee i'm not going to be doing that and sort of to really i suppose it can be a bit of coming out of denial and and sometimes it can take a long time i can work with client clients over a long time and they'll you know six months a year later that they are willing to say i don't 
I don't need all these baby clothes. I'm not having another baby. I thought I was. And I'm, I've realized, I'm like, wow, I can't believe I was considering that. But it, they have to come to their own um, place with that. And you can say something 10 times and then on the 12th time, they'll actually sort of hear, something will drop and they'll hear you. But that's where, yeah, I have to be um, patient with people. And that's why having, I suppose, an outside person, a, a professional um, can be very, can be different to someone nagging you to, when are you going to let that go? Or people get defensive. They protect their stuff. I know I have work to do in this area. And, I, you know, I look around and I see it and yet, I, you know, I avoid it or I, I kind of band-aid it. And I love what you're saying is that beyond the physical items, you know, it, it, you're touching on things like identity and decisions and, you know, these things are all coming together and, and we think it just starts with, you know, sort of decluttering and organising, but it's actually so much more and it's also kind of the feeling that we have um, as we come out, you know, the other end and move into a new stage. And actually probably two of the two things that I haven't even, I haven't really said is two, there's, there's a lot of fear around letting go because um, most, the, one of the most common responses is, um, you know, it's just in case, like, what if I need this? Um, that's a huge one for people. They may never have used, you know, that extra sleeping bag, but they're just going to, they're keeping it just in case some person that they don't even know yet may possibly need to stay the night so it's sort of it's this future scenario that could happen and um you know i often say to people look you're, you're a smart person you're gonna be a you'll be okay you're gonna work it out if that crisis ever happened i think that you are smart enough to be able to work out what to do even if you didn't have that with what you've got um, and it's sort of a mindset change that I, I won't be okay if this was gone or yeah, what if, what if, what if, or, um, and mindset up. changes again, I know from sort of leadership development and coaching is that it, it's, it's very, very hard to change yeah, behavior, but doing activities and physical work, you know, the pragmatic side of what you do is hugely helpful to guide through that discomfort and also just acknowledge that even when behavior is hard to change, we can put a system in place and we can try and sort of follow it and it's visual and it's there. Um, yeah. And we don't have to change our whole personality because there's so much I'm thinking about now as well as like, gee, perfectionism comes into play yeah. here. And perfectionism is huge. And, and money is a huge one that they will, you know, they'll be holding this jumper that they've never worn that was $500. And it's just, but this was so expensive. It, it was so expensive. And that's when we look at the, what is it actually costing you now? Um, it's still costing you. It's still taking up space in your wardrobe. It's, you still can't see the things that, and if you have that times hundreds of things, you still can't actually see what you, you're missing out on what you want to wear because there are so many of these other items that were really expensive, but they're actually blocking your view. They're blocking the energy flow. They're, they're sort of um, taking up, precious space that you end up then going and you know buying a lot of people buy duplicate items because they just can't find 
the other one. They can't find. It's like you're talking about me now. So can <laughs> we can we just go there? I'm like, you're gonna be massively I'm, I'm a heavy user of eighty twenty ways of working, yes. thinking, Correcto. running business. Right. I'm, I know you are into it as well. I really am. Yeah. And it's got. I mean, it's it, it has implications everywhere. Strategy, organizational focus, design, product, service, profitable growth. Like I just love it, and I love that it's counterculture and it's not natural like when i came into this probably sort of six years ago and i've you know seen others come into a culture of, of 80 20 it's not necessarily natural but we can learn it yeah and once you're sort of there i mean you know you you you're preaching it because it just delivers outstanding you know results um focus choices you know good enough it's powerful and a simple example i use and it's so it's so funny is you know, and it's so real for me. I mean, I literally wear 20% of my clothes, you know, 80% of the time, despite the fact that Stuart has a, a sliver of yeah. this big wardrobe that we had put in and um, I'm taking up all the space and I'm not even, you know, wearing it. And, and <laughs> I sort of get caught in this, what do I do? Because I can't see things and then I forget they're there and then I mix things up and I don't take advantage of some of the old. So. It, what I, I get caught up in, like, do I just reduce and get rid of stuff? Mm. Is that the root cause here? Or is it really more on the organising side? Like, where do I start? Mm. And do you find the money connection that you, you, you spent good money on those things? And just to just ch give that to Vinnie's or does that? Yeah, I've, I have lecture? given away a lot of stuff over the years. Mm. Um, the money thing probably comes up a bit. But interestingly, as I've gotten older i have I, I go more for quality now and so mm. i spend more on the, the items i wear regularly are the items i spend more on which is yeah. i guess another conversation but you know so the, they're those things and then they're my and then it's my active wear yeah um so i don't think it's it, money personally attached to that so much with clothing i i say to people let's do it really fast we're going to do yes no maybe and then we'll look at the maybe pile because people do have a very strong gut reaction to yes, their yeah. yeses and their noes. That's really fast. So let's work out. Let's and that still we still might go through at the end and go back to the yeses and back to the noes. But you can burn through that so fast with people, um, and then and then talk about the maybes. Um, I, I I love Marie Kondo in many ways, but I I don't believe in emptying your entire wardrobe from all clothing from every corner of your house, whether it's the car, the garage, and dumping it on your bed because a there's not a, talk about overwhelming. I mean, fifteen hours. I have to just it. pick one little area to start yeah, with. Otherwise, I, that's what I say with the kids: just go and pick up five items off the floor because they just like have a tantrum if I say, "Can you go and clean?" the something you know it's yeah. like we just have to do one little bit well but with actually letting go i would say let's start with let's do tops yeah yeah because right. you, and you need the whole category because if you find yes. out you've got 15 white t-shirts you can then say oh yeah that i definitely have more of that specific so i can see but if you sort of hadn't got them all there and then you yeah. say no i'm definitely going to keep these three and then you found another favorite somewhere else so it disrupts the process but um one thing that can be really really helpful is the sort of elapse of time so at, uh, the 
decluttering is definitely an ongoing process and your mindset and most clients and, and people's mindset really changes with time. So once you've brought your attention to an item, to some, some clothes, say, for example, you've actually looked at them and you've gone, mm, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure, but uh, I might wear it. Then whether it stays in your wardrobe or you, or you actually bag it up and put it in the garage, it's really, really useful to then readdress that in six months to a year. And you actually can feel how it feels to have, to actually feel I haven't, wow, I actually can see I haven't missed that. And I feel quite confident now. I can see that I haven't missed it. Um, it I look at it now and it, it almost looks different. Like I, it's an instant sort of yes or no. But once I've brought my attention to it, then it's sort of, when I pick it up again six months later, it, I have a different a view of it. So I, I would say to people, don't get downhearted if your first cull, you don't let go of, you know, have this huge letting go because probably the second one is really powerful. A couple of tips or things to, you know, we're all working from home more than ever. Mm, and I think yeah. that is challenging for people and it's making it harder to kind of step over the um, piles of things and figure out where to work to get into the kind of flow state you might need to or your desire, yes. you know, to get efficient and effective and creative work done. So anything around sort of the, the office environment? It is a real... Um habit change and there's a lot there as you said before there's a lot of perfectionism people will often a lot of people who are you would walk into the home and think oh my god this person's so disorganized or it's such a mess but they're actually in their mind there's huge perfectionism because they want it to look so amazing in their mind that it, it's almost too it's sort of too overwhelming and too painful to even know where to start because their end result is is the standard is so high They've got this incredible idea of the outcome. And that's how I used to be. I really wanted it. I was like, had these really grandiose, like everything's going to be color coordinated and amazing and perfect. And I found I really had to, it's an organic process. Um, you have, you can't go from A to Z. It's really, you know, the, the slower. Um, and, and it can end up, as your amazing, grandiose perfectionism, but uh, th that idea you had, but it, it, it could take months or years to end up with that. But in the meantime, my biggest tip is do 10 minutes or 20 minutes of say filing paperwork. Yeah. If you could do 10 minutes every single day, it, it adds up to something ridiculous. It's hours and hours of time. You're never gonna, people think, oh yeah, I, I am gonna do have five hours. That five hours is so elusive. Oh, it's so true. It's unless, so you, true. unless you're going to book someone like me who's literally not going to be running in and out, taking phone calls, putting washing on. I mean, I'll arrive at a client's house and often they'll disappear and I won't, I can't even ask them a question because they're like, oh, oh, the plumber's just arrived. Oh, this is happening. Whereas I've got that time. I can literally focus for the solidly, which, but, but that you can get that yourself with, the 10 minutes and oh, I mean, totally. I do that at home. And sometimes I think, who, did, who tidied that? When, when did that happen? I'm like, oh, actually I did that. I because I get distracted by the pile. I've had a pile of stuff on the floor of my office 
a couple of trays of things I was going to, yeah. you know, file. I'd literally been there for three weeks. Yeah. And I, every day when I sit in and I use my office to kind of do my yoga and meditation as well. So here I am sitting down to get in this nice Zen state yeah. and I'm looking at this pile of shit, frankly, in the corner. But I know I need it because I'm inclined. I was going to chuck it all out, but I actually need it. So yesterday yeah. I started and I did 10 minutes and then I, well, I will do another 10 minutes today because I know I'll get that done. And then I'm back to ground zero again. Which, yeah, God. it just moves. It keeps the energy going. It keeps it moving. Whereas otherwise those you know, piles of paper attract piles. Like you'll just keep adding to it. You'll add to it and add to it because it is all in one place. Like you kind of know where those things are. Um, when I you're, adding, to- you're adding physically and mentally, aren't you? <laughs> Yeah, you just it it's just growing bigger and bigger and bigger. And when when I do um office or household paperwork with people, we will create the new system before tackling the back all the backlog because new stuff is coming in all the time. And if we just focus on the backlog, we'll go, yeah, that's done, and then we'll turn around and all this new stuff. So there has to be somewhere to put that and um, when I learned trained with Marianne she used to have a, a piece of paper and it said she typed out in red it said top of the pile and she would place one of those on every single pile of paper and that was the top and you were not allowed to add one more thing it. <laughs> so you would see it that's nothing you have to find something else to do with that so you're starting from now even if you've got truckloads in the background with that, you've gone to your letterbox and you've come back with some mail. Where, where is that going to go? What system is that piece of paper? It's not going to go on the bench. What, how is it going? Where's it going to go so that it can? And it doesn't have to be opened and dealt with, but it needs a place. And then from there, it, whether it's an in-tray inbox, and then it's like, okay, it's Monday at eleven. That's when I uh, tackle my in-tray or my my mail. I'm going to open all this, and then where's it going next? Um, and people the, the have needing the place is um that's that common sense but not yeah. common practice thing yeah um, paper needs what it does actually need one well that's one way to do it it needs one um home it's certainly one i mean some people have several but it yeah. can't be you know bit of paper you know on the in the dining room table on the bench in the car next to my bed sort of everywhere and, and no wonder i'm feeling so cluttered mentally yeah yeah. <laughs> I have, can I just ask you about one final area? We could keep talking for a long time on this, but I am interested. I'm wondering if most of your clients are female and I'm wondering if you see kind of the potential here for just those gender differences in the relationship with mess. And I, I, I'm laughing because I think about, I literally, I go overseas quite a bit and I will come home from an overseas trip. So I'm away for, you know, let's say at least a week, probably a week. Yeah. And I'm shocked to see that the same pile of, say, papers or a couple of jackets or they're on the steps in, from downstairs <laughs> to upstairs and have, are still there. So Stuart has stepped over them you know, every day yeah. while I've been away. <laughs> and then I get home and I'm like jet lagged and I've walked in the door and I'm trying to not focus on the fact that that pile of stuff, oh, it's still there. Oh, right. Yeah. Didn't see that. that. left for you to deal with. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, look, definitely. Um, I have, I'm just trying thinking back. I have worked with a, a, a couple of male clients. Definitely would be sort of 95% female. 90, uh, there's one male professional organiser that I know of, except for Peter Walsh, who is the main the main Aussie guy who it was on Oprah and um, 
he's you know being a, a male but um actually interestingly one of my long-term um clients uh was it was male but his he, his wife was, had the full-time job so it was kind of a role reversal really and you don't want to stereotype but i just feel i'll just talk about in my own house then i feel like for stuart he doesn't take the mess or as as kind of a personal thing um whereas i think for women like we can have more baggage around it yeah i suppose maintain yeah that maintaining the home and trying to keep but it is it's also flows into how how easy would we like our lives to be and if we know where all the lunch boxes are and we know where it's all going to flow because if you're looking for a school uniform and just pulling out going back into the dirty laundry going, oh, i can't find a sock and it just <laughs> makes our lives so much harder as women um my husband is super organized super minimalist so he can be the he'll say to me oh i've noticed these things have been here for quite a while i'm just letting you know um it's really starting to bother me that is amazing yeah. so he he um yeah he he really he doesn't have a lot of attachment to things um he moves things on quite quickly we put a there's a there's a big organizing um i'll see it on forums the big debate whether to hang up your clothes what do you do at every night with the clothes you take off do you hang them straight back up do you hang them on the back of a chair do you put them in the laundry hamper and people have very set ideas about what you do with them um in our house we they only go two places we hang them everything straight back up because i don't believe that clothes that have been worn if they're not dirty i don't feel they make anything else dirty um but if it's dirt dirty enough that it might make something else you know smelly in your wardrobe you don't want to hang it then it will go in the in the wash so that can be a big one because people hang on back of doors and back of chairs and ends of beds and it's there and it's then it's piling up and it's sort of piles oh it's so funny but it's not funny because you mentioned that word ease a minute ago and that is what i know most of us are chasing so i i hope that some of you listening are going to take some of these little gems we've heard here today and i will um, certainly put the link to Susie's website uh, as well so you can find her contact details um, I'll put that all in the show notes because we've had some great insights but I think this is an area where support in the implementation and the sustainability would just be highly valuable so I thanks so much uh, for being with us today Susie and I yeah. hope everyone out there enjoys growing with ease Absolutely. Here, here to that. Good luck, everyone. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. I'm very excited as we build this growing community of growers. And I'd love to hear your feedback on anything you want to hear more about people that you think would be great for us to have a chat with. Please leave me some feedback or if you want any support, use the functions via the podcast or the email the facebook group or the instagram all of it in the notes i'd love to hear your stories i'd love to see your pictures of you growing and what you're working on please share the podcast and review it in itunes as we build this community thanks so much